Misconceptions. Uh, we're all waiting to die. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the that's probably the biggest misconception, and uh, it's that uh, the valley is God's waiting room. Another misconception is that there are no young people here. Twenty years ago, that might have been more true, but a lot of these young people who can actually commute from home, they're here now. And Palm Desert is the retail center for the valley, and we're seeing young people out on the streets more and walking and socializing. So we're seeing a lot of differences like that. That's Joe Wallace, CEO of the Coachella Valley Economic Partnership, and Jan Harnick, Mayor Pro Tem of the City of Palm Desert and the past chair of CVEP, talking about why the Palm Springs Coachella Valley isn't your grandparents' retirement community anymore. We'll find out why young entrepreneurs have discovered this economic oasis in Southern California on this edition of the Public Record Podcast. What do we want people to know about CVEP? What is CVEP? Well, CVEP has the distinction of being the entity that is trying our best to diversify the economy into one that is attractive to technological professionals. And, uh, you know, one of our initiatives right now is to take advantage of telecommuting because we can get people to come to this valley because of the lifestyle it offers. It gets rid of a lot of the hassles on the coast, and they can work from their house. They can work from one of our offices here. Uh, They can make coastal money and and get twice as much house and about two hours a day less in traffic. So uh, that's a great way for us to uh, improve our financial metrics, like education attainment rate and uh, household income, while bringing in people that will make our workforce look a whole lot better to, to entrepreneurs with uh, large amounts of money to invest, to come in and contract with, or maybe hire some of these people. So you can have the California or Cali, as you like to say, a lifestyle that everybody in the world wants to have without the high price. Well, it's not as cheap as Topeka, but it's uh, sure. it's a sure. whole lot less expensive than Orange County, uh, Los Angeles, and especially the Bay Area. Is there an infrastructure here? Do you have high-speed internet? Do you have electricity? I mean, you know, what <laughs> what, what what all is here? You know, we have water. <laughs> we do. We have good water. Okay. Aquifer. Water. Yes. yes, that's not a problem here. We have a nice clean water here. We, mm-hmm. we are way better on uh, kind of digital infrastructure that you're talking about than we were four years ago when the Amazon project, HQ2, was mm-hmm. looking for a place to be. Uh, I think our fastest out here at the time was 25 meg. Uh, now, you know, most places can, you can pay more and get up to around 200 meg. There are a few places that we have a sufficient fiber to get over a gig, but you can do most things with that. You know, and if, if you're a massive game developer, you may run into a, a little bit of a hiccup, but we even have a solution for that. It's called the Palm Desert iHub that will have location that has a state-of-the-art bandwidth connected to the scenic line. And uh, so they can just come down, have a coffee with me, and uh, work from there when they have to upload and download it, uh, the kinds of speeds that you need from black fiber. Now, you've had an iHub in Palm Springs for seven or eight years? It has been nine and a half years. Uh, I thought it was pretty close. I was recruited (laughs) to come out here. That was my first job was to be the uh, founding director of the Palm Springs iHub. 
and now we have uh, one in Palm Desert and another one in Indio. So the iHub concept has migrated across the valley. And Jen, how does Palm Desert feel about having an iHub of its own? Well, we're very happy about that. Palm Desert's in the center of the Coachella Valley, so it's nicely located. It's right across from a four-year university and uh, a satellite UCR, and uh, the four-year university is CSUSB, which is San Bernardino. And the wonderful thing about being in the Coachella Valley, and I think particularly in Palm Desert, is that it's the quality of life. It's, I've always said it's easy to live here. When I'm not working remotely, if I have to go to the office, it's, I'll be there in 15 minutes and I'll have time to spare. So there's, it's a, a really an increase in quality of life and in time where we get to live rather than drive or commute. And you have all the modern conveniences. You have Starbucks, right? <laughs> you have uh, uh, live theater concerts. Uh, you have a, the McCallum uh, right. Theater right, right there by the College of the Desert. Yes. We have everything that enhances quality of life, whether it's music, whether it's theater, wonderful hiking beautiful views. Uh, We have just about everything. We have a lot of educational programs for those lifelong learners and people who want to complement what they're currently doing. So we have everything you could think of. Why, we even have a Whole Foods. (laughs) That's right. That's right. What's next for Palm Desert? Joe alluded to much of it. It is four-year school. It's Mm -hmm. our CSU uh, right across from the iHub, where we have the cybersecurity program, an entrepreneurial program. Oh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I, Joe is going to be the better person to talk <laughs> okay. to you about that, but I will tell you that right now we probably have close to half a million jobs in this nation, uh, cybersecurity jobs that are unfilled. And every day we pick up the newspaper, what did you read about? Who got hacked? Yeah. So there's a desperate need for those people who know how to work in cybersecurity. And is that a job you could do from a, a work site or oh, from home? If you can hack from Russia, you can program <laughs> there you go. from Russia. There you know? Good answer. <laughs> Great yes. answer. So, yes, you could live in this valley and, and work for any of the big cybersecurity firms. But what would be better is if some of them were to come here. So we have this cybersecurity program, and that's one that everybody doesn't have. So, right. so it's a great thing to get our young people doing it. And, and the reason I know it is because a CVEP employee's sibling got a degree in cybersecurity, first job out of college, $126,000 a year. Wow. And her previous job was babysitting. Yeah. You know, so, so yes, we have that. It is leading edge, and, it, and it's always going to have a demand now because the hackers, they're real smart. And it's, it's like they're the mice, and the cybersecurity experts are the cat. And what you're trying to do is to predict what the mouse is going to do. And, you know, hopefully you can stop him before he does it, but some of the mice are going to be faster than the cat, and then that makes the, the nightly news. Well, that's very exciting. I hadn't heard about that one Um we were all set to open the darn thing, and then COVID came oh. along, and uh, so it's going to open in the fall uh-huh. of 2021 instead of 2020. How long is the program? Four year? Um, I, you know, I'm not sure. I think it. I, I know the one in San Bernardino is four years, and if you can do remote, you can pick up some classes remote. You can do some of it here. We'll have all the equipment that's in there, so that so we have the bandwidth. And, you know, when the students come in, they're so comfortable with computers anyway. It's not 
the older people who had to learn computers. This is part of their growing up, so they get in there. I wouldn't be surprised if it became less than a four-year program in a very short time. It's mind-boggling to think that the Coachella Valley could become the cyber security education center of the country. Well, why not? Yeah, there's no. no reason not to because the competitors are mostly six and eight course deals. Mm-hmm. So I'm certified in cybersecurity. It took six courses to get that. I did it all online, never went to the campus. Now I have it on my wall. Christy Hansen, one of our local architects, presented some interesting visions uh-huh. of the uh, valley. And what was most interesting to me was the rendering she had on kind of a live work center, one that might combine workspace, possibly living space, retail and shops, and maybe daycare, childcare, um, maybe an e-learning center for K through 12. I don't know. It was, it's, you know, all very speculative. Is, is that a possibility of something that could happen here? It can. Mm-hmm. All we have to do is uh, get behind it, work regionally. You know, it's, it's unlikely that one city could make something like that happen in anything more than a, uh, a model. Mm-hmm. Uh, but working together regionally is what's going to get this valley to move ahead. Now, you can't get dark fiber to Palm Desert without coming through Palm Springs Cathedral City. Uh-huh. You can't get the dark fiber out to the unserved communities in the East Valley without coming through the rest of the cities. So it's each city can't just put in their little piece of fiber. It has to be continuous. And there's a thing called a sonnet ring, which is a self-healing optical network. And we've got the basic structure in place for it. Uh, There's a signal synchronization program going on right now. So you don't have to stop at as many stoplights. And part of that's going to put in the conduit. And now we're out trying to get the fiber in too, because if you get it all from one end of the valley to the other, then everybody will have access to the fiber. Mm. And the good news with that, that what Joe's talking about is there's something called the Coachella Valley Association of Governments. So that is a regional approach, and it is a government entity, and CVAP, working with CVAG, is able to effectuate that that fiber installation that'll work in a regional fashion. And what are the roadblocks to making that happen that remain? I think sometimes it's some people want it now. Um, and some some of these things take some time and some planning. And, you know, it it happens quicker than we think. But while we're doing it, sometimes it just seems like it takes too long. Mm. But then when we look back, we realize how quickly it actually happened. Mm. And so many things in life, if you think back, it's that way. And this is one of those things. So we're working on it and we're we're seeing some progress with the effort with CVAP and CVAG. The world of acronyms, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll we'll see this get done. And CVAG is the Coachella Valley Association of Governments, right? So it's right? all nine yeah. cities plus yeah. the tribe and some unincorporated areas here in the Coachella Valley. So all of these groups, by kind of a government mandate, we all work together. And when that happens, that's when the best result is had. And CVAP is taking advantage of that, and and the result is the best result possible for the whole region. In other areas, do you see some of these retail centers being repurposed for more technology and commercial use? Retail itself will need high-speed broadband. You know, eventually, you know, look at clothing. You'll have a scanner in your house that will size you, and somewhere there will be a machine that makes you a shirt. 
that fits or a you. jacket, and it'll yeah. fit you absolutely perfectly until you get into the ice cream. Then you're going to have to buy another one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we like ice cream here, yeah. by the way. Well, I'll be wearing onesies with uh, with an ice cream cone on yeah. the front, right? <laughs> and not lots of stretch. Everything is going to have to be wired, even hospitality and tourism, the things that have driven this economy. If someone wants to come here and they need to communicate for business purposes or even for family purposes, if we don't have it here, they won't come. Mm-hmm. They'll go somewhere that has it. And, and, I, and our hospitality industry recognizes in order to be truly successful, they must have that high-speed Internet. Mm. And whether it's when you're watching Netflix or something like that and you're waiting for it to download... Those are the things we have to address. And when we have people who come here to visit, whether it's for business or pleasure, they still are connected and they still do their remote work. So we need that very badly. When you talk about the mall here in Palm Springs, and I remember this too, well, yeah, now it's being used for something that really is critical to the success of this area. And the same thing with the mall that we have in Palm Desert, when you talk about what Christy Hansen brought forth as this work-live mm-hmm. uh, area, we're seeing that we already have within the mall little educational sites from College of the Desert. And we're looking at one of the areas, seeing if we can't build housing there. Mm-hmm. So people can live there, they can work there, and they can shop there. And there's legislation currently that will change it so it'll make it very easy for cities or municipalities to put in housing in strip malls or in malls. We haven't talked about the fact that we have not one, but two airports here. Yeah. We have three. Where's the other one? Bermuda Dunes. Oh, well, they Jackie have. Jackie Cochran uh, well, and, yeah. and across the street yeah, that's here true. Palm Springs International. I, I, yeah. I don't often <laughs> include that, but that's a legitimate airport, too. So we have Palm Springs International Airport, which takes flights from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's been around forever. But we also have uh, the Jackie Cochran Airport. Tell us a little bit about what that one does. Um, you know, it's a lot of private av- aviation now. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who have private jets, they come in. And, you know, a lot of the folks that live behind the real expensive gates, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the Bill Gates and those kind of gates. But it's also uh, a depot for Desert Jet, which is sort of a... Uh, for higher, uh, yeah. If, if you and I wanted to charter go, charter jets, I go think. to Vegas and right. are willing to pay as much as two tickets, mm-hmm. yeah, that that's an option for us. Well, and probably during COVID, that might have been the only way to get around for some of the people who had there to. There were a lot of people buying tickets on private yeah. jets that uh, had to get somewhere. Now, and, do, they, do they have that service at Bermuda Dunes as well, or is that strictly a commuter private? Airport. I don't think Desert Jets has it, but I, I think that there are people there who have planes okay. that will take you somewhere for money. Mm. You know, I just saw a James Bond movie that was filmed at Bermuda Dunes Airport. <laughs> uh, just funny, we're saying that. And I had that, it slipped my mind that that one is over there. But there's plenty of air traffic here. This is certainly not a backwater uh, area that people often think of. We also have one of the largest lakes. Well, maybe not for long. A lot of the largest <laughs> yeah. lakes. Uh, the, the, the great shrinking sea. In, in, yeah. in California. What's what's up with the Salton Sea? Is that going to be an industrial area? It, it depends on whether or not the state of California, the federal government, and local entities stop writing papers and do the things that it's going to take to make that 
uh, you know, reclaim itself. It can be a recreational area. I think it'd be a great place for me to have a weekend home mm-hmm. on the shore. But the shore moves 100 feet per year, so I don't want to buy lakefront property when the lake is moving around. The house won't move with it. There was talk about the lithium resources Absolutely. there. Is that and lithium, of course, is used for batteries in our cell phones and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is that still a viable possibility? It's a possibility, mm-hmm. but it's not as easy as some of the people who have gotten on the bandwagon in the last six months, and they're talking about lithium. It's not an Easter egg hunt. You're not going to go down there and pick up nuggets of lithium <laughs> and sell them for $10,000 a piece to somebody that wants to make batteries. Mm-hmm. The lithium is in brine. Uh, and it's not even in the lake itself. It's, it's, it's in d- water deposits below the lake uh, that are very salty. And there have been people that have taken the brine out and gotten the lithium out of it. So you can take what's there, make lithium from it. But it's an expensive proposition. Mm. It's caustic. It messes up the pipes that you put down there. And given all of the... Uh, innovations that are needed in battery technology, the question is going to be, how long is lithium going to be the preferred way to do battery storage? Uh, Because something new comes along that has, and it's called a valence, you know, how many free electrons are are in a material, mm. something better than lithium comes along, and all of a sudden, that be, the same thing happens there that's happening to coal mines right now. There's still oh, plenty of coal in the ground in right. the United States, but it costs more to get it out, and it pollutes, and so the cost of using the coal is stranding the coal in the ground. The same thing will happen with this lithium if they don't move on it very quickly, and you have to compete with the other two big guys in the lithium market. That's called Chile and China. Uh, and if they're willing to pollute the daylights out of everything in sight mm-hmm. and work people for a dollar an hour, we're probably not going to be competitive with them. Mm. So the question is, do we currently have a competitive process? The answer is no. Can it happen? It can always happen if we can get out of our way and make it happen. What about geothermal? There's plenty of it. Plenty of it, and and it works great. uh, They they generate power down there. There's several geothermal plants. You can can look at them. They're the ones that look like a smokestack, but it's really just... uh, heated air it, that's going out the top. It's not polluting like like Pittsburgh was 50 years ago. And, and some of those multi-acre greenhouses you see out there that grow our produce, those are heated and oh, watered with oh. water from the geothermal. What do the city leaders think will happen to the Salton Sea, best-case scenario? Well, you know, at our last meeting, we had a, a discussion about it because there are different schools of thought sure. of ways, to, some say shrink it down a little bit, and some say, no, take water from either the Gulf of Mexico or the Pacific Ocean and and bring the water and, and bring it back to what it once was mm. as far as size. Um, the fact is it's saltier than the ocean. So sure. if you brought in ocean water, you would probably have a little desalination impact mm-hmm. on that uh, salt and sea but it's up there's of course there's always a study and they're studying it now and we'll see as joe said you know how many papers are they going to write on it and there was a great article just this weekend about it they, they where mm-hmm. they got in depth about how are we going to address this and we need to anything else you'd like to add about the 
future economic outlook of uh, the Coachella Valley? It's exciting because there's people like Joe Wallace here and CVAP who see that there's um, more than just a party and it takes a lot to build the foundation for something mm -hmm. like this so that in doing so, not only do we attract a skilled workforce and we attract the people, the exciting, creative, innovative people who want to be in a place where they have a higher quality of life, but at the same time, we lift everybody in our region and they have the opportunity for better paying jobs and an exciting lifestyle and a high quality lifestyle. The reason that I'm so energized right now at the possibilities is because COVID forced uh, our, our, our little entities to work together. So it's proven that it works. So let's, let's build on that cooperation. Let's build on what we've done in the last year and uh, go build a better valley. Working together is one of those things that we add to the, the good that came out of COVID. Well, thank you both. Thank you. My guests have been Joe Wallace, CEO of the Coachella Valley Economic Partnership, and Jan Harnick, Mayor Pro Tem of the City of Palm Desert and past chair of CVAP. The Public Record Podcast is a public service of the Public Record, the Coachella Valley's Business News Weekly. I'm Ken Allen, Managing Editor. Thanks for listening. Please share this podcast with your friends and be sure to click the subscribe button.